Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Today I'm joined once again by Steve Orsillo, pastor of the Father's House Church, and we're going to have a discussion talking about how the church in general measures success. Specifically, we're going to be talking about how the church in North America measures success and how we can be sure we're on the right track. In a consumeristic culture, have we settled for numerical success and dropped the ball in other areas? But before we get to that, I'd like to encourage everyone listening to share the podcast with a friend. You can do that basically by clicking the share button on whatever platform you're using. And I would also love it if you could leave us a review, whether that's on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify or the Podbean app. That just allows other people to see us. We'll get higher rankings in the charts and more exposure from people who want to hear more about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Well, that takes care of our housekeeping. Let's get on to our discussion with Steve. Sit back and relax. This is The Uncommon Truth. So I'm back here with Steve Orsillo. We've relocated to the upper room at church, which is a lot bigger. I don't know if you can hear an echo, and it's a lot less smelling like diapers, thankfully. It's a, it's a great new spot, and, and we got the AC blasting because it's a super hot day. Thanks for joining me, Steve. Good to be here, man. So um, this week we're going to be talking about how the church measures success in North America specifically, and uh, we want to know if we're on the right track as the Big C Church, if we're doing things right. So I remember my time at camp, somebody introduced me to something called a KPI, and I had to look it up. Uh, it's called a Key Performance Indicator. Have you heard of that? I have not. Okay. No. You just... You just naturally succeed at what you do but the this for those of us who don't we uh you know they're called key performance indicators and they're things that you're like all right well i think the ship is going in the right direction right right and i think um and i i got to check you know a year down the line two years down the line back to my key performance indicators to see whether my organization is growing if uh, monetarily or whatever right and uh i thought of bringing that to the North American church and seeing, seeing what, what our performance indicators are that Jesus laid out for us. You'll know you're successful when as a, as a church, as a body of Christ. And, uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to explore that a little bit with us today. So, so based on, based on what I can tell, and this, this is generalized for North America and, and big churches, small churches, all denominations, it seems like when we talk about success, we're talking about what, like butts in the pews. We're talking about building size, how many programs you've got, uh, how and how many people who are non-Christian now come to your church and call themselves Christian, right? Converts. Yeah. So those aren't aren't inherently bad, are they? No, I don't think any of them are bad. I I don't I don't think that they are necessarily the command or the commission of Christ. I don't, I don't think it's, you sure surely shouldn't send someone home. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want a lot of people, so right? don't come here. And you surely shouldn't be offensive to keep them or mm. unattractive to keep them from coming. You should be trying to attract people and you should be trying to find people and go to people. But I think that when we're talking, you and me, 
it's it's a dangerous thing to look too deeply into other people's methods because you would come off as criticizing everybody else and acting like you have the only way. Right. I just have the same model for everything. So what's the success for you? And I'll ask you, is your life the best it's ever been? It's getting there for You sure. should, if you are a Christian and you are doing it the way the Bible says and you're successful by the world standard, you might not be able to answer that question right. But if you're successful by biblical standards, you should easily be able to answer that question right. The biblical standard of blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers, the whole blessed word of makarios, the Greek word, is joy that doesn't need to be replenished. It's Mm. that fountain that never ends, that flame that never goes out, that run and not grow weary, walk and not faint spirit. Okay. And so if I was to ask you and to check success of how am I how am I doing in your life? If I were to ask you, is your life the best it's ever been? It would be, are you living the abundant life? Right. Jesus said you would have life and have it abundantly. Based if on what you, Jesus said. If you're getting what Jesus said, then my Christianity as the pastor that drew you here and is preaching to you, mm-hmm. then then I'm successful. Okay. And more importantly, though, more importantly across the board is you're successful. Your children are going to benefit from it. Your wife is definitely going to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Your friends, the people around you. I mean, it's just so much more. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. I could say, where are you carrying the cross for your community? I'll bet you, if you are the servant of all, feeding the least of these, ministering to the least of these, my brethren, Picking up your cross. just That's just three, right? Mm-hmm. Given to any man that asks of you. If you're following the Jesus model, I guarantee you, we both had incredible success, and the world is going to be blessed by our success. Right. So so you're taking, you're saying, in, instead of the things that, that are really easy to spot, like uh, the, a church building, a new building, because it's too big, right. or because it Growing, can't have... Right, growth. The growth, right? Um, those are really easy to see. Those are easy it's, to see. It's a little bit harder to say, well, the the folks in my church are liking themselves more, mm-hmm. are are being better parents, or their marriages mm-hmm. are better, or they're serving outside of the four walls of the church. Right. Right. Those things are you kind of you kind of have a hard time calculating, quantifying, those, right? quantifying that success. Right? right. So, so Jesus's view of of success is more of a qualitative than a quantitative absolutely i mean there's there's got to be both because he's calling us to make disciples of all nations sure right but the the making the disciples is you can't leave that out it can't just be go and go and tell everybody and and they can do with it what they will but there's also the making sure the people you're telling are are living yeah their best their life is the best it's ever been, right? So the yeah, and so the question is: Is the church as a whole, the Big C Church, is it measuring success correctly or well? And how is it? Yeah. And I think, I think that we have gotten a far afield from the Jesus model mm-hmm. of laying your life down. Are the people in your church laying their life down? I can't tell you how many pastors I know that are frustrated that they can't get volunteers, they can't get leadership for their children's church or their 
different ministries. You know, the, yep. the public ones with microphones, they can get a lot of volunteers, but they can't get commitment. Mm-hmm. And how hard it is for us to get commitment within the Christian church to where you can count on things happening. The model that I'm looking for here at the Father's House is not necessarily to grow great big church, but to grow great big disciples yeah. that go out and make disciples, and those disciples make disciples. And we talked in one of the formats about on one of the podcasts about making sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And sons and God, my sons and daughters have all given me grandchildren who will give me great grandchildren. What I what I begat will begat. They've, I'm raising them up to be children, uh, to be adults, to be parents, so that they can have children and raise them up to be parents. And so you look at discipleship, it's the same thing. What's the success? Am I making disciples who will make disciples? Right. Am I making disciples who will stand in the gap for their father's vineyard? And I'm not talking about my vineyard, I'm talking about his vineyard. Yeah. And so to me, is the church doing it wrong? Well, I'm certainly doing it different, and so that must mean I believe they're doing it wrong, but I'm not here to decide. They're the servant of another. Right. I just know that when I look at success and the quality of my Christianity, what is a Christianity that works, what is uncommon about the Father's House Church, is that the true disciples, once they cross over, they would lay their life down for Jesus. They would walk away from every creature comfort. They're the kind of people John G. Lake had in South Africa. They're the kind of people that would sacrifice everything for Jesus. They owe him everything. And Mm -hmm. I think the pick up your cross, follow me, lay down your life, servant of all, least of these my your brethren, give to any man that asks, do not seek the chief seat, but instead go to the lowly seat. In humility, count yourself as count others as better than you, or count yourself as less than others. Be humble. Yeah, I think if you took the Jesus model of success, what you'd have to say, well, that sounds like you look like Jesus. Yeah. Well, I don't know that the church, the big C, is trying to make people look like Jesus because I'm not sure they have that theology, right, or that doctrine that we are all becoming vicars of Christ to look like Jesus conformed into the image of his son yeah yeah they use the word christian but i don't think that means little anointed one to them Mm -hmm. you know yeah so as we grow it's it's we're talking about the quality and we're talking about being able to find the the folks in our church that in in any church whatever church you're in that will Mm -hmm. will take that uh their cross serve serve their neighbors, serve each other in the church. And it's not like pulling teeth, right? To get people to mm-hmm. to go do the work of the Lord. A couple of podcasts ago we were talking about uh, equipping equipping the saints, which is the people in the pews, for the work of the ministry and and how Paul gave uh Paul was talking about uh Jesus gave the church you know the pastors and the prophets and the apostles, so that the the people of the church, the everyday people of the church, could go out and do the work. It was equipping them, right, and sending them. And so I, I just think about the mud run that we just were a part of here. The, yeah. the Lord's gym uh, put on this mud run, and we provided all the volunteers for it. And I was walking around with a camera, 
uh, if you're if you want to know what this is like, look on Instagram uh, LG Mud Run. Uh, look up that feed, and you can see it was a kids mud run, and we we put months and months of work into that thing with uh, the Helping Hands crew and and the LRM guys and all of the Life Recovery Ministry guys. All those people were out there for months, and then for a few weeks we stopped everything we were doing, and we all went out there and you know hung little flags for the route and. Uh, just made the place perfect took care of every detail and so i was walking around with our with a camera and some gopros filming the kids and and uh, helping the kids do the obstacles and the parents were just overwhelmed by wow this is this is crazy that you guys would do this this is free this is for us and pretty amazing event and people kept asking like what's the catch you know like what's the catch well there's not a catch it's for you Mm-hmm. You des- you deserve to to have a mud run, to have your kids have fun in a safe way, and to challenge themselves and grow mm-hmm. in confidence. And we'll send your kid home dirty. That's probably the biggest cost. You have to right. <laughs> clean out your car on the way, you know, after you get home. But right. that's that's the church going out. And and we were telling people we were we were you know we weren't hiding who we were. But we weren't saying now you have to come to our church to experience this. Right, we didn't ask anything of them. It was it was so cool, and and so that's a, I guess that's just a really uh, practical way of to thinking of, think of it. And right. back to the 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 church, the people in the pews, there was probably ninety percent of our church or more was involved in that. the The entire team, yep, was involved. It was a lot, and uh, and then we we got mobilize the whole city too yep for there's what do we think like six thousand people were out there two thousand more than two thousand children racing so and that's not the only event that the the father's house puts on throughout the year and we do we do these events and we create these events to try to we we want to give opportunity for people to give their life away because we know that giving your life away produces a hundredfold return of life which is by definition, abundant life. If I don't have Christians with smiles on their faces, if I do not have prolonged, unending fruit of the Holy Spirit in a person's life that is following the teachings I do, I give, then I'm not successful. And if I do, then we're going to see signs and wonders following us all the days of our life. Surely goodness and mercy will flow all around us. People will have joy in their life and be satisfied because they have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in a doesn't, that doesn't need to be replenished. It's the makarios. It's the blessed are. Hmm. It's that flow. And I've always said, why do I have to get my tank refilled all the time? I need a Christianity that has that river of living water that never ceases drink of this water you'll thirst again drink of the water that i shall give to you and you will never thirst again it is intended that the fruit of the spirit the result of you becoming a christian is that you are supposed to be able to be like what happened to the disciples where they suffered a great deal of hardship and yet had great joy Mm -hmm. paul was in prison wrote philippians and philippians is like the book of joy Consider it all joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I mean, just all these different times where he just was in turmoil saying the rejoicing Mm -hmm. because the joy of the Lord for what he is receiving in the spirit. And that's what I think is the measure of success. And I think the church, the big C, doesn't 
necessarily go after that. That's not, it's more numbers. I count my people. I count how many butts are in the pew because it is a measure of, is the message getting out? Do we need to change how I say it? I love to read reviews where someone disagrees. I, I have no problem with someone disagreeing with me because I want people to sit down, look at what I'm saying, it tell me what's engaging. wrong with it. Yeah, I don't have a single theology, a single doctrine that isn't on the table to be revised. Mm-hmm. I want truth. And I think that truth-seeking produces the kind of success Jesus, what Jesus was calling success, entering my good and faithful servant. The reward, the reward, like he said, in this life, many times more than what you give, yeah. and in the age to come, eternal life. The reward we're looking at is in this life to have many more times, a many-fold return on what we give. So if I'm reproducing that in people, if I can teach my sons and daughters to do that, they will, because they will have an, a stream that never ends. They will, they will, they will create disciples themselves, and then you'll see your success by counting the the numbers. Yeah. And not that I publish them anywhere. It's just for me to know mm-hmm. my message is getting out. Yeah. And I don't really want to outgrow whatever I've got going on. I, I can only, I want to just give quality to however many I can, I can handle. Yeah. And uh, right now I have a group of leaders and pastors that are handling it. I mean, they're just handling it. They are making disciples. They're, they're creating really good, strong servants, uh, lay down lovers, people who just lay their life down in love for Jesus Christ. Yeah. So to me, that's the measure of success. Right. And so I'm, I'm thinking about, I've been reading Francis Chan's book, The Letters to the Church, mm-hmm. and he's got a quote in there. Um, he's talking about uh, the story of like, if you, if you went to Harvard for four years and got a, an advanced degree from Harvard and and then you you saw everybody who got an advanced degree from a four year degree from Harvard ended up working at Jack in the Box. Would you sign up to to apply for Harvard for a de- degree program there? Pro- probably not, right? No. You you want to know what's what it's producing because Harvard is supposed to produce doctors and lawyers and mm-hmm. and all these high level elite thinkers, right? So yep. you sign up for it because that's what it produces. So then if we turn that question on the church, we have to ask when we sign up for this Christian life in America or in Canada or wherever, uh, here in the West, are we expecting to be, are we expecting to come out like Peter did after spending three years with Jesus? Or, or are we expecting to kind of come out of four years or 40 years of Christianity sitting in a pew kind of, like we see some of our neighbors who who just are seem like they're they're feeble in their faith. Yeah. You you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. It it really got my got my brain turning like what are we what are we producing and if we're not producing it right then what do we need to change, right? Well, here's a quote real quick this from from his book he says so we get we can get so focused on getting people through our doors that we don't think about what goes out. The church's purpose is not to exist, it's to produce. I couldn't agree more. I I read a I I looked at a book um by Rick Warren called uh 
The Purpose Driven Church, which he wrote before he wrote The Purpose Driven Life, mm -hmm. I think. I just know that I read it long before I ever heard of it. And yep. in it, he has this target-looking graph that shows, that so explains the church, any given congregation. He showed the different levels that people are in, in the center being your core group. Yeah. Then outside of that, he defined another group who's really with you, but they aren't really doing this, one mm -hmm. thing or something. And then the next, then the next, like in a target, mm -hmm. different circles. Until you just have the people who show up, just attenders. Yeah. And the goal of the church that's purpose-driven would then be a church that's success-driven, right? There's a purpose. You're trying to accomplish it. If you don't accomplish it, that should be not success. If you do accomplish it, that should be success. Yeah. And so his, his Rick Warren's definition of success is that you move people from the outer ring of that the church attenders, you draw them into the next level. Yeah. And the next level. I think I've seen level. that. And it's just a fabulous chart for a pastor. Any any leader of, I don't care if you're leading a lemonade stand, it's an <laughs> excellent thing to really think about the level people are on. And mm -hmm. there's no problem with the attenders. They're seekers. Yeah. The next level is, you know, people that are maybe, hey, I may not like this. They're thinking about it becoming something so you just keep moving them in closer yeah. and this is helping me might be the next level and i think that success in christianity should be are you moving people further up and farther in he uses a circle that looks like a target it, mm -hmm. it's masterfully described as everything he does i like the staircase further up and farther yeah. in c.s lewis was more of a a sloped hill and every yeah. time you got to a plateau, you went to another plateau and yeah. another one in his book in Narnia, The Last Battle. I like the staircase, further up, farther in. Just every time you move further on the staircase, you're going up, you're going in. Mm -hmm. And I like that as we're just trying to draw people to the next one, to step up. You might be 3,000 steps back, but you're not going to get where you're going unless you just go the next one. Yeah. I always say if you're going to walk to Chico... You're never going to get there if you don't just start walking. Yeah. And if you start walking, you're going to be closer. No matter how many steps you take, you're going to be closer. So my, you know, I'm thinking about, about we're talking about our difference between, you know, there's folks in our church who really have laid their lives down in a daily, daily basis. Like um, sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, man, I'm, what was I thinking? You know, I, <laughs> I'm really enjoying life here. I'm actually enjoying it every single day more and more. Right. Um, so I, that's not a disparaging thing, but I, I kind of marvel at myself like, wow, <laughs> how did I end up here? You know, like, yeah. where, where are we doing, Jesus? What, yeah. what brought us along this path from, you know, a, a year ago, I woke up next to a frozen lake in, in Canada, and now I'm, you know hearing chickens in this coop behind my house because the people illegally keep chickens or whatever, you know, <laughs> like that's just a, a world away. And, um, and I don't know, it's, so there's people here that have really given up lots to be here. Yeah. And then on the day to day, giving up more right. to, to keep finding that abundant life. And, and then I think of where I was for most of my Christianity. And I think I was a consumer. I think I was I was just all American consumer, like yeah. sitting there. What can I get, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so, sometimes I would give 
two to the offering because, you know, that was the right thing to do. Right. But I, I would maybe once in a while give of my time when I decided that was something I would like to do. Yeah. But I've, I think I've given more as a part of, of this church in nine months than I did from when I became a regular church attender at like 13 all the way until I moved here. Right? Yeah. Uh, I remember I was a part of, I think I can count them on one hand. I was part of a single mom's oil change. I did like a camp out with some youth. Well, I mean, one of my churches, I was really heavily involved in youth group. But um, for the most part, when it came to the church as a whole, I was consuming. I right. was there to to get something, to be fed. Right. And, and I think that's so ingrained in our culture, right? Consumerism. Right. And we don't even think that's a bad thing anymore. The, the society is out there to provide for my needs and I can pick and choose what I like and, and drop what I don't. But I, I got on this thought of producers and consumers in the church. And if we're, if we're consumers, that means we're always sort of like little birdies with our mouths open, we waiting are. for the next Mama thing. Mama bird feeding baby bird. And the, those, those little baby birds. Put it in my mouth. They're not, in, until they're ready to fly, right? Yeah. They're, they're just sitting there taking it in. They're helpless. They, and, if they, mama doesn't come, they die. Right. And But then I get to thinking of like corporations and stuff. Like I, I remember somebody telling me like, you think Ford can't make a car that lasts 40 years? No, they could make a car that lasts that long, but why would they? They need you to buy another one in, in seven years. Seven years. Right? Yeah. So um, if if we're going on that same model of, of consumerism, uh, of economic whatever in the church, then we're, we're sort of keeping our, our Christians sitting there in the pews sort of weak and dependent, right? Mm -hmm. Not dependent in the good sense, right? but depending and just like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll sit there and take in and take in. And there's never this, for me, at least when I was a consumer, there was never this like, okay, now I'm ready to go give it back. It, it's more like, well, you know, maybe another 20 years and I'll be able to head up a ministry here at the, you know, volunteer in this thing or right. do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like I yeah. was, I was just sitting there taking it in for myself and yeah. it was never about giving it back to anybody else. Yeah. And for me, you probably, that, that situation probably wasn't focused on success based on the words of Jesus. Right. Any man who hears these sayings of mine and acts upon him, his life is on a rock. And I believe the words of Jesus should measure success. He's the one. What he says in John chapter 12 is, my words will judge you. John chapter 12, verse 40 something. My words will judge you. He says, I won't judge you. My words will judge you. And it's really, it's kind of interesting. And then there's, you know, the Luke 20, uh, Luke 3, 22. Many will, many will seek to enter this narrow door but few will find it. Mm -hmm. Many will fail. And it's because I believe it's this argumentative, combative spirit that really has to, almost tears the others down to make yourself look good. And I am always aware that to point out what I think is wrong sounds like I'm tearing someone down. And it's, I was caught up in wrong thinking for so long and it was such a bad place to be. And I have to, and it was unsuccessful. 
I, I mean, all that struggling, all that cost, all that giving, all that jumping through hoops. I wish someone would have come along and, and taught me this, Jesus' words. This is what he wants. Eh, all I needed to know is what you really wanted. Mm-hmm. And once you find out what Jesus wants, then all of a sudden the reward comes like immediately. Paul the Apostle sitting in prison singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. Peter getting beat. The angel lets him out. They say, hey, don't preach this Jesus no more. He says, hey, you got to decide about the beatings and the prison. I got to preach Jesus. Yeah. And then talks about the joy in his life. I mean, he's, he's just a man giving his life away. Does it work? Does it produce what Jesus promised? Abundant life? Joy unspeakable, full of glory? Peace that passes understanding? Definitely did for them. Fruit of the Holy Spirit? Does it produce faith, hope, and love? And I look around me at this, even that, you know, I remember at the, out there on the uh, mud run, I see these girls, man, they're making cotton candy, uh, snow cones. Over here, it's hot dogs, hamburgers, trying to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. They were being overrun. They couldn't they couldn't make cotton candy and snow cones fast enough. And they were all sweating, and they were their hair was all yeah. falling all over the place. And I, whenever you'd go in and just bless them, it would be eye contact, and it's, the, it's not, look what I'm doing. Look how, why am I? Why do I? It's like, we're all looking at each other going, look what we're doing. Have you looked out at this crowd? Have you mm-hmm. seen the joy in these kids' hearts? Yeah. And every single person, if they were selling merchandise or snow cones or hot dogs and hamburgers, that whole merch tent, it was so awesome. Hey, we're in this together. The guy cooking hamburgers, yeah. we're in this together. Yeah, even my friend uh, Joel, who was doing parking, he was like, I was watching the cars leave. And they were just like sometimes even tears of joy, yeah, on their faces, yeah. And people asking, "When's the next mud run? Is it a is it a monthly thing? Is it every yeah. Saturday?" And we're like, <laughs> yeah. "Sorry, sorry, it's, it's a, we couldn't do this more than about once a year. This is a big undertaking." Yeah, we could but, if the Lord says it, but yeah. He'd have to give us strength, right? Because so, that was exhausting. But they were asking for more, right? Oh, I like, love it. Yeah, people, I can't go to Home Depot without them just. Climbing all over me. You know, my, my tell wife. Tell me how great it was. My wife went all the way to Chico. For those of you guys who don't know the the area here, about half an hour drive away. And that's where our doctor is, our, our um, baby doctor. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but we're we're having our third. Uh-huh. I, I think I mentioned that in the first episode, and I promised a gender reveal. We're going to have another little girl, which is amazing. That's a little aside. <laughs> I can't be more happy to have another daughter because my two Jovian era are just so amazing to me. I just... Yeah, they're across yep. the street right now at the co-op. But she went for her appointment on the Monday after the mud run with her doctor there. And her, she was wearing her Lord's Gym shirt because she works at the front desk. And the doctor knew that uh, that she worked there. And, and she was saying, all day I've been getting parents coming in and telling me about their kids running in this amazing <laughs> mud run. We ask them, you know, every Monday morning, you ask somebody, so how was your weekend? What would you do? She said, I... Every one of my appointments, they're like, well, my kids have been, did this amazing mud run in Oroville of all places. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. They and came we home did covered it together. in mud. Man, it was, it was yeah. so great to Making see. Making Jesus famous together. All as one. Whether you were parking people, cooking hamburgers, didn't matter. There were people, you should have seen the volunteers out in those, uh, there was some really difficult obstacles. Kids were just yeah. tangled in the ropes. In fact, it's called tangled. Tangled, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and there's, I couldn't believe those poor, those kids would just get stuck in there. And those guys working that, and the guys working the the, the half pipe. Yeah, the half pipe, they're laying down on oh, the top pulling of Pulling kids up, and we yeah. all just did it together. It was just, we, we make eye contact, look what we are accomplishing. 
What, what about making those folks Jesus that, uh, famous? Those folks that sat and we call it the shriveler. It's a ditch full of ice. <laughs> ditch full and, of ice. And so the kids go under there, but you kind of have to have. Uh, we had a lifeguard in there, and then a bunch of volunteers that had to stand for long time. You know, the whole heat of sixty kids is coming through every ten minutes. They had to stay in that ice. that ditch full of ice for like an hour on end helping kids through, you know, keep going. You got this holding their hand as they go under this bridge, making Jesus famous, encouraging them. Come on, you can do it. Just what a, what an incredible thing. And you know, like your wife goes to the doctor and everybody wants to talk. I go to home Depot, everybody running up. What an amazing event. One of the salesmen at uh, home Depot, his name's Charles. He, he ran one of the events and he just, he went all, he saw me across the store, ran to the checkout. And he, and he just said, could you see the joy on all those kids' <laughs> faces? It was really awesome. It just, uh, it, and I'm not, it's not necessarily a mud run that's awesome. It's the unity and the unity of faith and the love that's poured down out, the light, giving your life away that is so across the board with great joy. And, and nobody, not a single person saying, what's in it for me? Mm. But every person saying they were so much richer because of it. Yeah. They're just talking about the compensation that comes in the spirit. And I think when we're, you know, we, if we get off the subject, what it is, is what is the measure of success? And the measure of success clearly is the fruit of the spirit prolonged, the, you know, without measure, just incredible. Yeah. And, the fruit and- of the spirit that just grows, the hundredfold return as promised, you know, yeah. glory. Joy yeah. unspeakable, life abundant. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Now that's success. Yeah. And, and one at a time, you can only do it one at a time. Right. I don't care how many altar calls you have and how many numbers you write down and how many decision cards you have. Those people aren't discipled. Those people aren't, f- they are not able to measure success. But take a month later after that altar call, a life lived, an overcomer, a person that's overcome their adversity, that's walked through adversity with joy. Our associate pastor preaching last night on a chemo day, on an infusion day, barely stand up. I said, do you want me to cover for you? No. Yeah. I've got to do this. I'm gonna, yeah. I've got to stand up for Jesus in adversity. And man, what a message he delivered incredible that's success yeah by itself no numbers counted there's there's your number one that man with cancer chemo getting up to preach me going to all of his appointments helping people doing bible studies teaching that's that's success that's a disciple of jesus christ because right there. he has that fruit of the spirit in him he has that fruit of the yeah. spirit that's success to me and if i lived my whole life here in orville which is it's come we're coming up on 30 years and i'm in my early 60s so i'm at half now mm-hmm. so if if there was one you know like him um that's success yeah I am a success because of what's going on in his life. Yeah, that's Jordy, by the way. And yet, he's not the only one. Yeah. So, and that's what I was thinking as you were talking there. There's, there's this success for yourself. Do I have the fruit of the spirit? Do I know that I know that I know Jesus because I feel him with me? 
And then there's also the success of have I been producing that in the lives of others? That's right. And so Jordy, Jordy's story, who you're just talking about, he's also often on the podcast with us. Right. His his success comes from following you. Yes. And that's the, what, that's from, what he told me on the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. And and my success in the first first nine months here, first six months, I was following Jordy. Yeah. Right. And and all the other folks here who who were uh, came in through life recovery ministries as as right. heroin addicts or something, they started following their leaders who were following right. Jordy, who were following you. That's right? right. That's how it works. And and this isn't this isn't about you, and it's not about Jordy, and it's no, not about any no. of the heck individuals no. at all. It's about Jesus. It's just replicating what you've right. you've been given, right? Yeah. And uh, that's where I get back to what's coming out of our churches. It is. And so if if I'm looking at my church or my ministry or say you know I'm back at Camp Arnis listening to this podcast and I want to ask myself uh, or, or I'm listening to this and hearing the question like how can I be successful what's what's one thing if if we're not on track what's one thing we can do listen to Jesus there's that Jordy came to me and. He wasn't, we weren't in lockstep. We weren't really together. And actually the things I teach, which I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, there are things that you, you jump back and wonder if you can agree with. Mm -hmm. He had the same reaction and so does everybody else. I mean, I have no problem with you disagreeing with me. Mm -hmm. Just tell me why. What's wrong with what I'm saying and what do you do with these scriptures? And so especially if you're going to be on my staff like he was. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And so he would go, he would ask me a question, we'd have a theological discussion, he would go and come back and say, I looked this all through and I can't find any argument to what you're saying. He goes, but how do you get here? I can't come to you for every idea, every thought, every, when I read, I can't have your mind. Yeah. I said, what you need is not my mind. You need to read only Jesus for a little while. Listen to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not David, not Solomon, not Paul, not anybody but Jesus for a really good season and just read it over and over. Don't study it. Don't jump all over the place. Don't try to apply it. Don't try to go find your belief in it to prove your point. Right. Just read it mm -hmm. and see how many times in there you go, whoa, Yeah, that's not me. And that's why I don't measure up to that. I heard you say that in a, in a sermon that I was listening to uh, before I even moved here, and I started doing that. I did that through the Gospels right. twice before I moved here, and that's that's been probably one of the biggest things that has resulted my own lack of confusion, I guess. Yeah, um, growing out of confusion into understanding. Yeah, the Holy and, Spirit spoke to me and told me to do it, and it radically radically changed my life and i was already the jesus man i was a jesus yeah. freak even from the 70s i'm a jesus movement guy and um i thought i'm a jesus man i was called a jesus man by people yeah well it's so simple right yes yeah. but the holy like, spirit told me I, I think of this <laughs> holy spirit told me i was confused and i said well how do i get unconfused read jesus i thought well i am but that wasn't what he meant he meant silence the noise all mm -hmm. this argument all this discussion just read Jesus, and I will teach you what this means. So for two years, I think it was, I read nothing. <clears throat> I remember Bill Johnson from Bethel Church came out with a, a book and was Strengthen Yourself in the Lord, mm -hmm. and I wanted to read it. But I, I, I let nothing, I let nothing, no noise whatsoever yeah. 
and I read only Jesus. And it it revolutionized my theology about what is success. Mm-hmm. And I found honestly at the time it was I was already successful because I was already doing what I'm saying. Yeah. And found out that I was was missing a lot, but I was already doing a lot. Mm-hmm. and um, had great success. I look at my marriage or any, uh, that's one of the things I teach, teach men how to help their wife become who she was created to be instead of standing on her head, making her be your support. Yeah. Why don't you go be her support and push her, push her into her success, into her glory? And I think anybody that knows my wife, they, they know her gifts. They know her love. Call her Mama Vicky. And they because I spent my whole life staying out of her way, promoting her, mm-hmm. and showing everybody what a glorious woman I was able to marry. I'm, I don't want to hide her. Yeah, and uh, um, the happy marriage, the statically happy marriage that we have had for forty years, and um, I think that's that's success. And if I can help other guys have my marriage, my kids, I was a phenomenally successful dad. All my kids love Jesus. If I could help other people have that same success in a day and age where the next generation isn't necessarily believing what their parents believe. If I can help others have that success, that's church success. That's Christian success. And it starts with reading, focusing on on the words of Jesus. Yeah, so that is your question. What What is the starting point? And to me, any other starting point will have you somewhat um abrogated you'll be you'll be on you'll be like a one-legged man you'll be missing something yeah your foundation the rock the stone the builders rejected the chief cornerstone the stone on which the church is built is not peter it is the truth that jesus is lord Mm. he is the christ the messiah the son of the living god and his words bring life and his words will correct us and his words will guide us and his words will be the definition of success yeah well that's great so i hope that's been a as enlightening to our listeners as it was for me i'm i i feel every time we have a conversation i've shared this before i feel like i'm empowered i i feel like wow that was the best sermon i ever heard well that was the best podcast yet wow yeah. that was the you know then comes the next day that was the best message i yeah. ever heard and uh and that's a great place to be in i really i can say as we're measuring success i can say that i am more successful in my walk with jesus now than i ever have been and and i'm not i'm not stopping here i every day i i'm getting that push to strive for a closer relationship with jesus uh, and so i can say qualitatively in my life my kids life my wife's wife my wife's life <laughs> that we are we're experiencing jesus on on a deep deep level right now and yeah. we're excited for more we're excited to keep going further up and farther in that's right and we're gonna have dinner with you and vicky tonight so yep. that's something to look forward to <laughs> which is awesome looking forward to it yep so thank you guys very much and we'll get to announcements for next week all right Well, that's it for The Uncommon Truth this week. Next week on the show, we're going to be discussing discipleship. It's a term that's often thrown around in Christian circles, but we haven't done a very great job of defining what a disciple is and how to make disciples. So we're going to get into that next week on the show. 
Between now and then, you can dig deep into the show notes and you'll find links to the Father's House Church website, the website for our School of Transformation, as well as where you can find Steve's sermons and Jordy's sermons on our YouTube channel and how you can get a hold of one of Steve's books off of Amazon. If you'd like to see visually what we do here at the Father's House, you can get in the show notes and check out our Instagram feeds for all of our our ministries here for Project 61 short-term missions, life recovery, addiction recovery ministries, uh, stuff like that. Make sure to check them out. Give us a follow and you'll see more of that in your feed. And one final reminder, if you're enjoying The Uncommon Truth, please make sure to leave us a rating or a review which will just bump us up the podcasting charts so that more people can get a hold of our message about the church as Jesus meant it to be. And if you're really enjoying it, consider sharing it with a friend. Well, that's all I've got for you this week. We'll catch you next week. Until then, this has been The Uncommon Truth.